Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, April 8th, 2016. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host Crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds, or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest-growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser-focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with a special guest today. Rye Walker. Welcome, Rye. <laughs> 98th episode. I, I realized that I almost timed the 100 episode perfectly, but didn't. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk off camera about that. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you're available in two weeks, I think we're talking about doing a special edition huh. episode with like you, me, Ben, maybe Abby. Party, party show. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be fun for the hundredth. Yes. So how you been, Rye? Whew, man. Building a startup. It's a, a journey. A journey, yeah. I'd say. No, it's been fun. We're really, I'm having a lot of fun different right <laughs> it's, it's like i'd say it's either 10 or 100 times harder than us building a services company i don't know what the right ratio is but we do hard things because it's a challenge and it helps you grow so yeah i'm, I'm really really enjoying it uh you know we're up to nine people now so wow yeah it's awesome yep <laughs> all right so let's get into the show this week we're going to talk about now not later, now. We're going to talk about mastering Meteor and Redux. React version 15 is out. Hmm. And the future is without apps. It's not a title. It's ominous. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the future and there are no apps. All right. So, yeah, the first one, like this one kind of came out of nowhere. Did, have you looked at now yet? No. Tell me about now. <laughs> so... It's an odd name, but essentially it's almost like doing a Meteor deploy or something or Modulus deploy. You just install it and you just type now and basically it will deploy a version of your project as long as it's a node project that has a package.json file. Should be good to go there. Like it deploys it to a URL and they said think of it as like CDN for your backend or mm -hmm. CDN for dynamic code. That was it. So like yeah. your microservices, your backends, that kind of thing. So I thought that was really interesting. 
Yeah, I really like their web design. Have you checked out the website? Yeah, I love the little animated GIF when you first hit the page. Of like, course you like the animated GIF. It's like <laughs> type, typing things and stuff, yeah. yeah. No, but just a simple, simple little UI, all black, you know. It clearly developers develop this but it has it has like good spacing too so yeah the font can be a little bigger i'm getting old right like i'm turning 36 today and yeah i need glasses i think command plus 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 is that what you do yeah yeah yeah, totally you know you're in trouble when you open your code editor and you have to start hitting command plus do you know much about who these guys are well it's funny you should ask i was reading the uh the fact and i and not heard of Ziet. I, I guess that's, I probably butchered that, but. <laughs> Zeit? Uh. Zeit, yeah, I don't know. So they've been involved in Socket.io and they've oh. also been involved in Mongoose and they've been using Node for a very, very long time. Yeah. So the, the thing that I find maybe the most interesting here is from what I can tell, there's no way to specify a URL. Like you do a deploy and it gives you a new URL every time you do a deploy. That's interesting. Yeah. A CDN for your dynamic code, that would be tough to like, you know, if you're deploying a React Native app, right? And you're trying to hit the back end somehow and <laughs> the URL changes, like that's going to be bad news. I think it's really cool. Like the future of apps is I think thinner backends. Obviously mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing that with React and uh, everything else, but I love this, you know, it's like back to the roots of like, this reminds me of like early modulus and obviously early meteor. I love, I love it when, when projects are in their simple phase, you know, before there's three options for every, you know, decision. So uh, this is a pretty cool, it's, it's basically just Node, though. It's a way to deploy Node in a, in a very um, agile, streamlined way. Yeah, yeah. So my guess is, you know, if you're, if you're using Feathers or Express or something like that, this is going to work out of the box for you. If you're mm-hmm. using something like Meteor, you know, I don't know about sales. I should take a look at sales. But, you know, I don't think this is going to work out of the box from what I can tell. Maybe Meteor is getting there slowly, but until like Meteor itself can be a dependency in the NPM world, like that's probably not going to be the case. So we're probably six months away, I guess, from that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now. Now. <laughs> not the most uh, SEO friendly name for products. <laughs> well, you know what they should do next is make a, a queuing service that you can do and they'll call that one later. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a brander. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. Go to the next one. Talk about yeah. Ob- Obby's article. Yes. Yeah. Obby. Yes. So Redux, uh, mastering media and Redux, a syllabus. So, uh, he's giving us a, uh, a step-by-step plan to master Redux, right? Yeah, to how to integrate Redux into your Meteor flow, I guess. Yeah. Um, are you using Redux uh, in your projects at this point? No, I don't have it. So the Meteor 1.3 and React project I just wrapped up was probably just a little too small for Redux. Like, mm. it definitely felt some of the pain and thought it might be worth trying, but... I didn't bother to go all the way down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So the interesting thing for us at Astronomer right now is we, we are literally doing no front-end development at all, which is a really weird place 
for me personally to be in, in my world and my career <laughs> is, you know, I've been doing front end stuff nonstop since 1995. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden we're just working on a lot of back end stuff. So yeah, we haven't really messed around with even Meteor 1.3, uh, unfortunately. Now I know that Greg um, has spent a lot of time thinking about this and staying up on all this stuff, but yeah, yeah we're just like, we're in back end. I, I wouldn't call it back end hell, but cause it's actually really fun stuff, but that, we haven't messed around with Redux at all yet either. The, the listeners, I'm sure, know exactly what Redux is, right? Do you want to give a quick overview? Sort <laughs> of. It's like a new pattern that allows you to kind of control the, the logic flow into your application. I, I like that he, he's included. So he's already got the five-parter that he did before, and he updated mm-hmm. it to kind of be more relevant in Meteor 1.3 land. Uh, and then he included his creator remote conf talk, which he talked about flux. It looks like he's got the command pattern done, but then he's got a bunch more. He's got like eight posts in total that he wants to do going forward that kind of really deep dives into everything. And I'm excited. Like I want to see the, um, he's going to show you how to build the Minesweeper game with React and Redux. So I think that that'll be a fun post. So Yeah. And so he simultaneously with the syllabus, with the eight steps, he also published the first of the eight, I don't know, call lessons. Yeah. Command pattern. And that's a nice juicy post as well. So I'm trying to see the friends I have that have uh, recommended it. It looks like Spencer from differentials all all over this. (laughs) I think he's using this stuff too. So Redux, you know, I've listened, you know, I, I listened pretty avidly to the creator podcast and I've heard you guys talking about it over the past few months, but no personal experience on it just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping to get Dan on Dan Abramoff on the space dojo show to maybe talk about redux and react a little bit. Yeah. Looking forward to continuing to hear about this stuff. (laughs) Speaking of react, uh, version 15 came out. So you mentioned you guys aren't doing a lot of front end work. Are you guys still using blaze? No, 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 no. He's, uh, we, we've started, like, actually what we've built on the front end is like a login, you know, login, log out, forgot password, all of with React. He may be using Redux. I don't know for sure, but I don't think there's a lot of data stuff happening yet. So we might not have gotten to that phase, yeah. but, we're, but we're definitely going React. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So like this one's been coming for a while. I think we talked about it a little bit on another show, but it's actually here today. And so, you know, this means certain things like IE8 support is gone, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as it should have. Right. I mean, come on. Who the hell is using IE8? Yeah. Oh gosh. Remember the days of like axing IE6 was a fun thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm thinking back to IE5.5 too. Like, oh, <laughs> that's really terrible. We're so old, right? I know. Uh, I remember before then. <laughs> I remember this thing called Netscape Navigator. Goodness. No more IE8 support. What else is big in this? Well, so, you know, the thing that I, th- I thought was interesting, uh, I hang out in Wes' boss's chat room. He was able to upgrade to version 15, no problem. You know, like his, his course material just works in version 15. So I think the key thing here is I, I love that they use the whole, like, deprecation kind of pattern that they do. So anything that became deprecated gave you warnings starting with version 14, and then when 15 came out, it's gone. And so as long as you're 
version 14 app doesn't give you any errors or warnings or anything, you should be good to go. Yeah, it's nice. It's been nine months, it sounds like, since, since you would have been getting those warnings. So yeah, yeah I think that's, that seems very, very user-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So um, other than that, you know, they've, I, I think the, the biggest change is that they've gotten rid of the data react IDs that they were putting on every, every little uh, Dom element. And so now they're just using document create element, which should also be, uh, it's going to make the Dom a little slimmer, but also they've gotten to the point where a create element is actually faster to run than mm. the way they were doing it before. So should be a little speed improvement. Yeah. Uh, not that React needs it, but goodness. Yeah. It looks like beyond that, it's a lot of, um, it seems like refactoring and just under the covers improvements. Like I like, you know, we remove these deprecations. We now have new deprecations and warnings. And um, that's, uh, it, it sounds like this is like a um, housekeeping sort of release versus a big uh, revolutionary thing. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's, yeah, probably. I mean, the fact that, you know, we're getting the the spans and the React IDs are going away. That's those are probably the biggest two things. Yeah. And then SVG supports getting better. So yeah, yeah, probably. Like, there's yeah. nothing major new. Yeah. They really kind of like 14 was probably a big change, but it's hard for me to say because I wasn't using 13. Uh yes. Yeah. Meteor people are newbies to the community, right? <laughs> yeah. So I follow. Um, Dan Abramoff on Twitter <laughs> and I watched him like iterating over this blog post for the change log. And like, he was trying to figure out the best way to do the change log portion because he's linking to the issue or the pull request number plus the person's name. And I actually, yeah. I really like this, this format that they've got going on. So you can kind of see like who worked on it and like you can click and get the full history of the issue and stuff. So yeah, I think kudos That's- on a clean, nice change log too. Yeah, that's it's surprising how much effort can go into something as simple as that. But yeah, it makes it a lot more consumable. Appreciate Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Something to aspire to, Josh. For us all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do open source anymore. <laughs> really? Nothing. Nothing at all. I, I still. I think I own a couple packages. I just updated Share It the other day. Mm. Why, why do you think that is? Is just because you're, it's a lot of effort, man. You know, like I'm putting out two podcasts, focusing a lot on the YouTube channel and doing blog posts. And like, that's just eating up a lot of time. Is there, is there, do you feel like there's less to do now in, in the, at least the media ecosystem? That compared yeah. To- yeah. I, I would say like the community at large really stepped up, you know, like yeah. I, you and I worked on accounts entry and then, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, then user accounts came out and like that guy was doing a great job over there in, in Italy, uh, Luca, and he put out like, you know, 10 different UIs to front the, the oh, yeah. user accounts package. So <laughs> that was pretty awesome. And then now you've got like Tim putting out user accounts, React user accounts package. So I don't want to own open source projects right now. Oh. Like, I'm too busy. I wonder too, like with the, you know, the, the blaze um, react split makes it a lot harder to, to contribute. Do you think there's any of that to do like, you know, like, you know, when we did the, the blog, you know, package, um, it was just a simpler time right now. If we, if you're going to try to do something similar now, there's a lot more concerns, a lot, a lot more um, 
things yeah. to think about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, you have to look at like, you know, obviously like iron router was the thing back then, but if you're going to do something like a blog package, you have to think about like flow router, mm-hmm. react router, you know, and like, honestly, I, w- I probably wouldn't build anything on blaze anymore. I wouldn't even bother to do a package on blaze. I've, I've actually seen firsthand the difference between blaze and react on the same code base. Yeah. I've got like a super secret URL for Crater that's running React. Oh, okay. And it's like fast. What's um, that? What's that URL? <laughs> I'll send it to you later. <laughs> yeah, um, it's cool. So how did how did that come out? Does um, Telescope have a React React version now? Yeah, there's a there's a Nova branch that Sasha's been working on, and he's done some good work with it. And so I'm trying to figure out how to pay for it, but. My uh, my designer gave me a quote to to make it look pretty, hmm. and so we're gonna try to like um that's that's a goal for April or May for me is to get the the Nova version of Telescope deployed because it comes with SSR and all kinds of goodies. So okay, big win. Cool. All right, that sounds good. I remember the the trip when Crater was born. Back to the reminiscing crap. Yeah, funny. <laughs> Totally. Like in that hotel room, like you were setting up email, I was setting up a server, a modulus, like that was funny. Why were we hustling to get that done so quickly? Do you remember? We were, we wanted to tell everyone at the Vanguard about it. Oh yeah. We were, that was the we, first Vanguard meeting. So we were like on our way to Vanguard and we were trying to build something so that we had something fun to talk to them about Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and yeah. then I, I wrote that terrible blog post too about meteor killing rails. Oh, that was the best, best blog post. We could do this all day, but I just remember like Matt, he saw that like during Vanguard, I think. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looked over to page us. of Hacker News. Yeah. He kind of looked over at us like, hmm, not sure if I support this so much, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of harsh words. Anyway. All right. Let's keep going. My next article will be about Apollo killing meteor. Ah, yeah. Apollo killing meteor. Yeah. Think that's possible? <laughs> well, from a, like a, like a marketing and funding standpoint, probably, but hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, <laughs> Let's not keep, get into that. I know. We have, <laughs> we have too much stuff to talk about here. Let's stay focused on the news. Story number four here is the future is without apps, which, again, sounds really scary for anyone who builds apps for a living. But I don't think we mean that, right? We're talking about... This is a blog post by Donnie Reynolds. Easy name to pronounce. I like how I gave you the easy name. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> um, a medium post. Uh, and it's interesting. They're talking about, uh, and I, you know, I kind of scanned most of this, but I get the gist of it, that it is a pain in the ass to get people to install your app and to keep it installed, right? And to even find your app is a big pain in the butt. So, yeah. so, so a theory here would be that um, what if apps could stream to you on demand as you need their functionality? Which Google's played with and yep. Apple's kind of playing with to some degree. Yeah, I think I remember hearing something about like Facebook Messenger having like apps kind of like little, I don't know if mini apps or how, what they call it, but built into that, you know. So, so it's an interesting idea. Obviously, they'd have to be really, really small to stream uh, on demand because data is not free still, right? And some apps can be bulky. But what, what's your thought on, on the feasibility of us getting to this world? The thing is, HTML is not where it needs to be to make this a reality, right? Like, we can't go out and make an HTML app that can tap into all the native functionality on the phone. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe that's our problem here. Maybe, maybe that's the right fix is like push Safari further. But at the same time, like I didn't, I should have submitted this article to Crater. I saw a scary thing on show Hacker News and it was like all the things that they can glean from your browser with JavaScript turned on. Yep. There's some scary stuff in there, you know, like they can kick off some code that starts scanning your local network if you don't realize it. Yeah. They can check to see if you're logged into all these different services. It's crazy. And so it's maybe a little scary to think that we might add more capabilities to a web browser on a mobile phone, but that that's really what we're lacking here. You know, like we can't we can't quite access like hardware rendering very well. Like there's there's certainly like WebGL type technology you could play with, but at, at the end of the day, like a native app's gonna feel faster than yeah than an actual HTML app. So like, even if you're looking at a hybrid like Cordova, where they're caching some of the stuff locally, then you know, you're still talking to a web app somewhere and you're still really loading a web page. Like, that pre- still presents challenges. But on the flip side, we still have the challenge of like, it's not easy to share content from a mobile app. Right. Yep. So like, that's also a problem. And then you have the problem of like, dueling, you know, do I, do I write a Java app? Do I write a uh, Swift app? Do I write an Objective-C app? Or like, do I go hybrid with Cordova? Do I try to do React Native? Like all these years later, it still feels like a big mess. Yeah. It seems like there needs to be something in between the two current states, like HTML5, um, you know, uh, versus natively installed. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a graphic in this article saying, if someone shares a link with you to, uh, in this case, it's like a recipe or something like that, mm-hmm. via SMS, you know, you've probably experienced it where it pops over to the app store and it wants you to install an app in order to get to that content, which yeah. is obviously a big barrier to the um, user experience. But, and there's really no reason why the, the final page needs to be heavier than what it needs to be to render that page, right? Theoretically, but, but it's, it's a tricky, I think that's a pretty tricky uh, problem. And, and as app developers, like, it just feels like instead of it being mobile, you know, or native versus mobile or HTML, that somewhere in between is, is a weird thing. But I, I don't know, are, are people starting to build these little like micro native or mi- micro uh, HTML apps for this kind of stuff? I'm not sure. To me, this all boils down to trust, right? Like we trust that the app store is keeping us safe to some degree, which has turned out to be bogus in some yeah. cases, right? Like people uh-huh. playing code that, or are not even realizing they're deploying some library that's been hacked, which has certainly happened, ganking passwords out of apps. There's no way to, like if, if they start to relinquish control and allow the browser HTML to start doing more stuff, then they start to allow you to circumvent that trust that they've built. And that's part of why the app store exists, right? Yeah. Tap into the cash market as well. <laughs> Probably the thing that I, I found most interesting was that there's like a little paragraph in here about Google and the fact that, you know, places like India and China are just coming online. Like there's a lot of people just coming online for the first time and it's as a mobile experience which is, you know, different than how people in the U.S. are maybe used to interacting with apps and stuff. 
Google is going to run into trouble because you can't just Google everything anymore, right? Like I can't just go Google about that recipe necessarily if it's sitting behind a uh, some kind of like walled garden mobile app. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're trying to figure this out. And I think it's like, this is going to be an even bigger problem for them going forward because places like Africa or South America, where maybe the technology isn't as pervasive or, you know, it's more expensive to get a Mac or whatever, like getting a, a mobile phone for a hundred bucks or 50 bucks. Like that's going to be how, how people start interacting with the world. Yeah. There's another line here near the end of the article that says, yeah, I'll read it. On top of it all, what we really need is a platform agnostic solution to app streaming that truly overcomes content delivery and discoverability problems. We want something akin to Java applets on browsers on mobile. And <laughs> yeah. yes, <This> yikes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a yikes in there for a great reason. Java applets weren't good, <laughs> but I, I kind of see what they're saying there. Like yeah, it was a, it was a, a novel idea. I, I don't know. I just, uh, it's just a really messy, it's making a really messy world for app developers. If there's something in between a, a native app and a, um, HTML app. <laughs> uh, if only there were such a thing. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. yeah. You know, you know what's really interesting to me is that I think Google faces this problem more than anyone, right? Like we've we mentioned that people are coming online and their core business is around search. Like, why are they creating something like Angular native? You know, hmm. Google. Angular native. Yeah. yeah. Like why can't I build an Angular app and have that be a native app that gets compiled down and run on a phone? Like yeah. they own half the phone ecosystem here, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So you feel like why well, why is React Native beating them to this? I'm trying to go back up to the to the section on what Google built. What was theirs? They've got app streaming and yeah. app linking. So you can basically instrument your app a little bit and it'll know how to go in and consume some content. Yeah. But again, that, that only works for the apps that are actually instru- like putting your, yeah, like following your code guidelines. And that's, and that's a purely native app too, that it's streaming out. Right. It's not, yeah. it's not a, any sort of hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Yeah. I think we have a lot. To, I mean, the, the, so the pro here though, for the, you know, anyone who's getting bored with the current state of app development is that, change might be coming and that's always good because then everything gets to get rewritten again. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I'll give you my two cents here. Like react native is going to be it. Like I think we'll see Cordova fall off at some point. I think we'll see other solutions die off, you know, in, in reality, Facebook is killing it with react native. And I think that even if that, you know, even if they move away from React, I think this technology here will stick around for a long time. And yeah. the like, the release of React Native for Mac, you know, like that—that's a big thing. Like, yeah. if I'm able to share eighty percent of my code between three code bases, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, and it's just another reason why JavaScript is so important in the future of everything, right? Uh, so, so glad, so glad we just, we decided to, to to start doing JavaScript a, a few years ago full time, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Smart move. <laughs> All right. Well, geniuses. I know. It was like, it was only us. I think we were the only people to ever come up with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your next class or thing that I can pay you for? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now, do you have another conference coming up sometime? Is it scheduled? Oh my gosh, I do. You're, you're totally calling me out here. I haven't gotten the webpage up for it yet, but I've got like six, maybe six speakers lined up. And I need uh, 
six more. Yeah. So hmm. I have to find time to sit down and get the all the material together. But it was going to be Crater Mobile Conf. Hmm. It turns out a lot of the talks are about React Native, so maybe it's like React Native mo- or Remote oh, Conf or something. It's not a bad choice. Yeah. Oh, so it'll be a remote a remote thing now. Yeah, it'll be like like the um the last one I did in February. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I like that format too because it's easier to get the videos up on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Are you planning on doing an in-person thing again? This yeah. Year? Yeah, we're doing uh, Space Camp 2.0. It'll be uh, in the Outer Banks this year. Oh, wow. We found a bigger place. So I think we can do like 50, 55 people. Man, that was so much fun though yeah. to like, just hang out with people that loved meteor and react and all that kind of stuff and we we you know we did some business stuff we had some talks but then a lot of beer and a lot of gaming and yeah so that's good it formed probably formed a much greater bond in the community among those people so uh, yeah which doesn't doesn't hurt anything well cool man i look forward to hearing about all those things and hope to rejoin the podcast again sometime in the future yeah in two weeks (laughs) Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. It'll be it'll be easy because like we'll each have just like one story to do, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right, all right, Rye. Thank you for coming on. It was awesome to have you back. Great to be back. I, I was right. just feeling feeling nostalgic when I heard you the other day, and I had drank a few beers, and I was like, oh, an email happened, and here I am. So, yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, guys. And uh, if you want, make sure to check out uh, modulus.io and digitalocean.com. Great sponsors and Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Meteor Club. And uh, you can join there. 10 bucks a month. We'll get you into the awesome Slack chat. See you guys next week. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com.